Hello and welcome everybody to episode 96 of the Ministry of Dice podcast. We're a UK-based podcast talking about all things Dice Masters. I'm Chris, otherwise known online as the true Mr. Six, and that guy over there is Andy, aka Jim. Just Jim this week. Hello, Jackie. <laughs> you look nice tonight. Is, that, is it a particular particular Jim? Wilson. That you have in mind? Wilson. Ah, uh, you've not watched Friday Night Dinner. No, no. Oh, bless. Um, well, I know it. I know of it a little bit. But he's the, the father passed away, didn't he? He did. It's very sad. Yeah. Especially yeah, a, lot, sad news. a lot of my my, my family seem to uh, liken him to me quite a lot. So, uh, <laughs> do you take your shirt off and wander around in your pants a lot? Um, no. I know that you hoard magazines in the garage, but I do hoard <laughs> magazines. And they have only. There was a. Oh, it, I don't know if I mentioned this in the podcast. That needs further explanation. So, I have over the past. 20 odd years uh had a subscription to the games workshop magazine white dwarf and have not throw apart from the little bit where they went to a weekly but anyway that's far too much detail anyway so i've got i had i had two of those oversized tupperware tubs full of white dwarf magazines and they are now in the skip outside my house and it was literally like ripping an arm off putting them in there uh but i did it you hoarder you it's crazy <laughs> but yes and um yeah there are very there are a lot of mannerisms of that character very similar to myself i've been told although i do not agree no i, d- I don't agree at all i can't see it <laughs> <laughs> well very good here we are hello another another two weeks have passed and i know it's been lonely without us but we have returned to fill the void for you with much dice masters chat Although it is extremely quiet out there in the world of Dice Masters. Scraping the bottom of the Dice Masters barrel. I know, everyone all scrabbling around for little tidbits of news or something to talk about. And there's things to talk about as well. I'm not even going to go there. Cause don't I'll get don't go there. Yeah, but in, in time, I'm, I'm, keep your fingers crossed, folks. There'll be word of things soon. Um, but nonetheless, we, we've carried on carrying on. We have. Uh, Carry on a Dice Masters. Dice Tower. So lots lots to talk about from our perspective because we've been doing some things to keep ourselves entertained with the game as we always do. And we're going to get into that in much more detail through the course of this episode. But as always, before we do, we like to have a little bit of a natter, warm things up. So I'll ask you, my man. What have you been up to in the last two weeks since we last recorded? Well, listeners who are <laughs> well, uh, are eagle-eared, that's not a thing. Or is it? What's ears? Of... Well, eagles is about the sight, isn't it? Yeah, is ears of the wolf, speed of the puma, it... eyes of the hawk. <laughs> so yeah, if you are wolf-eared, or have you been listening to, I don't know what I'm talking about, <laughs> um, you might have noticed that, well, you might have known that I've been on holiday for the past couple of weeks. I've just come back this week. Uh, so I've had lots of time off, but have I done much gaming related? Uh, the answer is kind of yes and kind of no. We're continuing on our D&D campaign, but we're going to talk about that more later, um, yeah. which has been great fun. Uh, I think since we last spoke, we also did our fighting fantasy run through. Um, yes, maybe. I think so, of Starship. Traveller. Traveller. That's it. Yeah. Which um was great fun. Although we I don't think we were enamoured with the storyline as much. It wasn't as um it was cool to do it something different and 
so Chris didn't just have it wasn't one person crawling through a, a dungeon uh, or wood or you know whatever uh, he was the captain of a spaceship he had crew that he could allocate to do things mm. and uh, you went through different kind of planets etc but I don't know if it had the same grip as it does when you're like one person kind of walking down a corridor peeking your head around the corner is there a zombie blah 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 but um, with these fighting fantasies that you go through at once and there's there's pages and pages and pages and pictures and stuff that you don't even touch on. So um, yeah. we will be obviously, you know, we'll go through a fair number of the books, but we will return and, and try them again. So that could be quite exciting. Um, yeah, we're very like dungeon crawlery at the minute then. What with that and with our fighting fantasy stuff going on and with us focusing on D&D Dice Masters at the minute. <laughs> it's, it's a hole we've fallen down, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. One might say one has influenced the other. Uh, yeah, I think I think you, you could definitely say that. Um, so we did that. What, what else? There was. I've been playing quite. Well, I say quite a lot. I've been playing a lot of PlayStation Apex. You have, as in Chris, has beaten me to completing the Battle Pass. Um, Full hundred and ten, baby, and I've finished the um, the, the current War Games thing as well. Oh, very well done. Um, yeah, I am. I'm on level 99 as of recording, so I've got another 11 levels to go to get that shiny animated badge, which I think I'll do. There's a couple of weeks left, so did that. Yeah, you should be all right. Also, you should be all right. We'll get we'll get some games in soon. I messaged you last night, but I couldn't get on. Uh, I, w- was down. I, I was. I was. I've returned to work this week. I was in bed at eight o'clock with a headache. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Mm. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> What's going on? So, but I have been playing a lot of that, and also something that um, I don't know if you're you're aware of. I think we spoke before. Uh, I've been playing some Rocket League, uh, which yeah. is a football game with cars, not Rocket Arena, not Rocket Arena, but Rocket League, which is you have a car, you drive around, there's either two or three or maybe even four of you on each side, and you have to score goals against each other, and it is mentally hard ridiculously hard like i don't even know how to explain how hard it is but it's one of those games that every time you play you get a little bit better been enjoying that been playing that with my boys javier and rob gaming wise it's all been about the uno uh whilst <laughs> we've been away on holiday got quite a few games of harry Potter uno in got a few games of uh, exploding kittens which is also a family favorite we were all like oh i can't remember how to play this but it's just so easy literally the cards tell you what to do which I love. I love games like that. I'd like to play more games like that, if honestly. If, if anyone has any recommendations of games like that, where literally you just... The, the, the thing that w- is really good about that game, and I, I'm probably preaching to the converted, because I'm guessing that a lot of people who are listening have played that, but you've got, two, you've got two choices to do. You either play something or you pick a card up and pass. So that, That's it. That's all you need to know. And everything else <laughs> is, is on the card in front of you. Uh, so... Yeah. When it comes to like getting the kids to understand what to do or the the non gamer wife, uh, it is it's just super easy to get going, get started, and enjoying the game. So yeah, any other suggestions? I'm sure you're probably going to come out with a load. But anyone else out there, do pop us a message, Facebook, email, you Discord, you know the drill. Uh, let me know. And if it's not too expensive, then I'll add it to the uh, the family games collection. See if we can eco our way out of the Uno hole. Uh, and into something more respectable for a podcast gamer. Um, <laughs> yeah. You should try a bit of like cockroach poker or something, man. Yeah. It's very simple. 
but very engaging. I'll um, have to have a little Amazon trawl and see uh, that bears versus babies you've mentioned before. That that's done by the same people. As... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's a bit wacky that one. Is it? Yeah. So that's a bit of pit. We played a bit of pit as well. It's for away, which is um, I've talked about that on a previous episode. But you basically just shout at each other, pass cards to each other, and as soon as you got nine of the same thing, then you press the bell in the middle of the the table and you win. So that's yeah. that's very cool. Again, very easy. Uh, so yeah, just family, little family uh, fun games, and I think that really ties ties it up. I've done lots of other stuff, but I'll save that for mod extra coming next uh, monday fair enough fair enough okay i'll give my rundown then so i'll start with my dice masters stuff so i have been brewing some teams although i didn't get an opportunity to play them sadly Aww. so the uh, the tuesday night crew were making teams uh, the, the theme night around the new uh infinity gauntlet play at home kit you know the spider-man themed one. Oh yeah 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 so Every, everybody's team had to include at least one of the play-at-home kit cards. And I think, I'm pretty sure Ollie had put a rule in place where you had to buy and play one of you know one of them through the course of the game as well in order to win. Uh, so I started doing some brewing. I mean, I've made a team around all three cards, but then sadly because of work and some family stuff, I wasn't able to play, but I quite enjoyed the brewing of it all. Uh, so much so I think I might turn it into a video. Ooh. Make a video out of it How or something. Exciting. Yeah. So that that was quite good. Interesting cards. Once you get a, they're they're easy to dismiss on the surface, I think. But then once you get under the skin of them, there's like, well, there's some interesting ideas. I mean, they're not going to blow the ceiling off competitive gameplay or anything, uh, but they certainly have brewing options and directions you can go. Especially the Typhoid Mary. I think I'm starting to feel. I haven't played with these teams yet, but I'm starting to feel like she's the standout of the three. So that was quite good. You know, just a bit of theory crafting, entertaining myself, uh, taking a kind of walk walk down that lane uh, i've also my trading mission i know i mentioned this a couple of episodes back that i was starting to get so close to a full set that i was i was starting to taste it and chomp at it and we, we had a bit of a chat of that i've i've made further progress in that space i'm now at a grand total of 73 remaining cards to get my hands on wow doing well which i think yeah doing really well because i think uh when i first brought it up a few episodes back i think i was in sort of 130 140 ish Oh, wow, that um, is So I've been trading like a maniac. So thanks to the guys, uh, Rob and Ollie and Stu and Comics Mike, who I've been trading with lately, um, doing deals with to, to fill in some of those gaps. So much so, in fact, that I now have a full set of Uncanny X-Men, a full set of Justice League, a full set of Battle for Faroon, and a full set of War of Light. Good work. And very, very close to finishing AVX, uh, finishing Amazing Spider-Man, world's finest close to the end on that one i think i'm pretty close on x-men first class and the mighty thor as well so yeah i've been doing a bit bit of hustling and bustling civil war you must have a complete civil war uh no would you believe i don't i've got a double of every card from civil war we'll talk really yeah pretty much right okay yeah i'll get my list over to you then so but there's a few i've got a few more people that i'm talking to Hustling and hustling. I mean, there will be a point. It's starting to... So I colour-coded it, and I had sort of green for the uncommons I was after, yellow for the rares, and red for the obvious for obvious reasons. And it's starting to look very red and purple. Ah, <laughs> right, yeah. Red, purple, and blue, which is promo, super rares, and um, chase, the chase cards. 
so I'm going to be hitting a point soon-ish. Uh, if I carry on at the at the voracious pace of trading and dealing that I've been doing, there'll be I'll be at a point soon where it will be the more obscure, harder to get your hands on stuff. Plus, I'm got the trade fodder. Like I've run out of I'm I'm all out of super rares to trade now. Oh dear. Yeah, so I don't know, and I've, I'll have to make a decision whether I want to start sort of dropping cash or. Although I've got some hard to find promos, so anyway, that's a, a little dice masters thing I've been working on the last couple of weeks. Uh, and then on the non dice masters front, we've had Disney Villainous out on the table. I don't know if you're familiar with that one or if I've mentioned it before. Yes, it looks very good. Yeah, it's really it's definitely an intrigue, an intriguing game. You kind of it's weird because everyone plays their own game in a way. You know, the villain, each individual villain has their own villainous objective, but they've set it up in an interesting way so that you can still, like the the player interaction, is still very alive in the game, uh, which is interesting. And you can do like little stuff, like little bits to interfere with your opponent's plans, or at the very least, keeping an eye on what they've got going on. So we've just recently picked up one of the expansions one of the three character expansions and started doing a little bit more disney villainous uh and uh, an old one uh, that was on the shelf that we've dug out recently is nefarious again i don't know if i've mentioned this in the past you play mad scientists all racing to come up with the most crazy inventions i don't think you have that sounds fun yeah it's, it's good it's i mean it's it's relatively lightweight you know you're accruing resources money uh, and drawing cards to get more options around inventing your, uh, you know, your crazy robots, or well, well, there's loads of weird and wonderful things in the in the invention deck. You've got a twist deck as well, which gives little rules, well, twists, little rules twists <laughs> that inter- interfere with win conditions and stuff. And uh, inventions are worth a certain amount of points, and it's first person to twenty kind of thing. Uh, but it's got really cool artwork. It's really cute. Uh, the inventions don't just give you points; they've often got game effects on them that will force other players to discard cards or give give you extra gold and dollars and stuff uh you can hire spies to go sneaking around trying to steal ideas from from other scientists and things so it's fairly lightweight the strategy is not too deep but it's enough for you know the wife two kids the four of us to have a game of and the, the cool cute kind of humorous artwork keeps us going as well very nice that sounds cool yeah yeah um so that's that's been mostly my gaming life. Really, not very much Dice Masters at all, other than what I've played with you in the D and D space. Well, I'll tell you what has happened actually. Uh, so, uh, further to our last episode where we did our spring MOD PDM special, uh, we had a few people get in touch off the back of that. Oh, cool! That you may or may not be interested in. So, uh, our man Troy over at the Dice Coalition, who was a competitor during the event. Hi. He wrote to us, and, uh, well, I'll just read it, shall I? That's probably the best way yeah. to proceed. Yeah, okay, he says, uh, Catching up on the Ministry of Dice, always interesting to hear other people's assessment of one's team. So we spoke about Troy's team uh, in the in the episode and, uh, and about the cards that he was using. And he said, For the record, as silly as it is, I used the SR Super Rare Thor because I wanted the basic action discount global, but couldn't use the Avengers Infinity Thor because I had my precious Black Widow on the team. Uh, which is also why I didn't have Black Widow Agent, which would have been supremely helpful in a few cases. Uh, so he w- he w- was, wasn't using the Thor as his win condition. His win condition, he says, was much more focused on the Gorilla Grodd and the Spider-Mans and the Black Widows. And he was using the Gorilla Grodd that forces characters to have to attack every single turn. Amazing. Yeah. 
Um, so just a kind of, and I promised Troy that I would correct the record. So here I am correcting the record. Ooh, Troy, <laughs> Troy. Parallax. <laughs> We've not referenced that joke for a long time. <laughs> uh, and then uh, my friend Rick over in the Netherlands, otherwise known online as Empire, has been in touch. Uh, and he had some interesting thoughts to share because we, we were talking about the fact, was the 10 in 10 a bit too competitive? Was it the right tone? We were worried that maybe some people didn't have as much fun as they might have done normally because it wasn't as wacky or off the wall as we normally like to do. Uh, and he went on to say, no, I really enjoyed the event. I had a good time. The format itself was fun. It did feel a little competitive, but the strongest opponents got filtered rather quick to the top. But lovely players nice. the entire event, though, in any case. Uh, and he, but then he went on to say kind of the, the core idea in the end, end of the day this is a player versus player game and there will always be people that will go nuts with any format you put up the only change I would have made to the 10 in 10 modern is to have a single infinity gauntlet card I'm looking forward to your next event oh thank you very much yeah so thanks guys for getting in touch but I just thought they were two interesting ones uh, because I promised Troy I'd correct the record and I just thought Rick's comments were really lovely uh, because one of our concerns when we were doing our coverage in the episode was was whether it was a bit too sweaty. Yeah. Anyone who uses Gorilla Grodd as their wing con is good in my book. <laughs> Absolutely. He, he did confess. Uh, there was more more in his message to us, but he did confess that he pivoted the Thor in one game. I let him off. Fair enough. Grodd is amazing in all his cards. I really like the one that yeah. does the um, call out and whatever the other thing with two keywords is called call strike. out and strike yeah that's a very cool one and also the energy fixer one that's unblockable that's very nice yeah yeah and the one that gives characters overcrush and the one that troy was using with the force attack kind of thing going on yeah lots of really curious intriguing <coughs> cards to play around with there yeah excuse me um okay then so that's that's our little catch up let's tell the listeners a little bit about what we got going on in this episode shall we what will we talk about? Well, it's all the new releases this week. How exciting. <laughs> We've got set after set coming straight after each other. We'll be complaining about how much money we're spending. They're coming too quick for us. <laughs> and live live events. Oh, now if I could have a weekend to myself, that would be fantastic. But no, one <laughs> after the other. It's a crazy time to be a Dice Masters fan. Is that, is that what we're talking about? No, it most oh. certainly is not. Every like every two or three days, there's there's a cheeky little comment hits Facebook or hits Discord. You know, crickets in the grass, memes and pictures <laughs> of the Suez Canal boat and or ship, I should say. Um, or where's the new spoilers? Where's the new set? Are we getting Dark Phoenix Saga uh, on our website? The mo- the literally the most visited page in all of history now is the announcement article about the four new sets when they announced them last year wow um, and so people are googling it i think and finding us well that's all but, good no, that's not that, yeah so keep it on any minute now folks any minute now but in the meantime we're going to talk a little bit about the dungeons and dragons campaign format that we've been playing around with so we've got two segments for you in this episode we're going to first talk a little bit about what it is why we're doing it what's it look and feel like and review it i suppose in terms of how much we've been enjoying it and then we're going to take the idea a little bit further see if we can expand on it and do a little bit of a conversation around uh, team brewing and ways of approaching it and that should bring us to the end of the episode um 
So we're going to focus on our on our little D and D campaign project. Really, that's going to be the the main driving force of all this. Yeah, it'd be cool if any of the other guys out there. I mean, hopefully we can inspire you to try it as well. It is quite fun, uh, and uh, yeah, if you do have a go at it, uh, do let us know how you get on. Absolutely right. Well, with with all that said, then shall we crack on and get into the first segment proper? Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, on to the first segment. Yes, welcome back then, folks. So as we just mentioned in the intro there, we're going to talk a little bit about this Dungeons & Dragons campaign idea that we've been playing around with recently. We're going to start talking specifically about the actual core idea that we've been messing about with. Uh, And to get us out the gate, I'll hand you over to my man Andy there, who is the the mastermind of this idea for us, uh, to get us started and tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, so I, how it came about was I was listening to the great podcast D D and D double double and dice uh, and share get your favorite beverage beverage. and um uh, jocelyn was talking about how they'd uh, been playing some games just out of the uh trouble in water deep set and the wwe set and trying to theme them towards a kind of a story or you know baddies against goodies or whatever else yeah Um, just incidentally you can some of those games uh jocelyn and and rob have recorded and you can see those on a youtube channel called dice station zebra oh how exciting i did not know that yeah they've been doing it with hero clicks as well if there's any clicks fans out there (laughs) (laughs) anyway was i uh so yes uh, and that coupled with our fighting fancy adventures that we're doing um my mind got a uh, a whirl in and I thought, I wonder if we could do something with Dice Masters where we go through some kind of campaign or story similar to the Fighting Fantasy book with the story of D&D. Because, well, D&D seemed to make the most sense. Two reasons. Firstly, a dungeon crawler is essentially D&D characters, your wizards, your elves, your barbar- Bobby the Barbarian and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, Indeed. And also, in my mind, it's got the best variety of opponents that you can play against now i don't know why that is because i've been trying to think about that over the last couple of days and marvel has more cards yeah uh yet i really struggle and we'll talk about it a bit later in kind of having a baddies to to fight against which aren't all kind of main name characters so um and maybe it's my knowledge of not being that great uh, of the uh, more obscure marvel characters uh, and the fact that D and D is quite generic in some ways. You've got, you know, orc, half orc, goblin, a batiri. I don't even know what a batiri battle stack is, but it seems quite generic. Baddie. I always think of those baddies from the Mummy too. Do you know when they're running to, to get to that temple, and it's the forest, and they're getting attacked by those little things with the big heads? I don't remember those. I'm afraid. Uh, I'm sure someone listening does, and that will make sense to you. Probably no one else. <laughs> so, but yeah, had the kind of generic kind of variety of evil things to fight against. So that kind of made sense. And he had adventurers, and the whole adventurer idea made sense. Yeah. However, I'm sure we could expand it. There's so many cards from Marvel and DC. I'm not sure how far we'll get with WWE, but that's how it came about. Yeah. And so on our Wednesday night live gameplay for the last couple of weeks, we've been using this sort of campaign format model that andy came up with and i've had a team of adventurers all with experience and andy's been building 
evil teams, evil D&D teams, themed around the particular stage of the storyline that, that he's got me moving through. So the first installment was my adventurers landing their ship at the harbour of the town that has been taken over by the evil Belindra Shadow Mantle and battling some pirates and uh, and whatever weird array of pirate crew we put together. And then we moved into the woods uh, and we, we had a battle with Queen Grabstab and her woodland-style creatures. Uh, and then in the instalment we're going to be playing later tonight, I'm about to go into the caverns and face the cave dwellers. Is that right? Is it the cave dwellers tonight? Or that is, it mount- is it mountains? You've gone into a cave in the mountain and uh, um, we'll see what happens. Uh, and if you are interested what happens, then check out the YouTube video and you can find out right there. Is that youtube.com forward slash the ministry of that? Well, yes, it is, Chris. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, but one of the one of the elements, one of the twists that uh, we've added to this process is that there's stuff that rolls over from game to game. Yes, that's 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 right. So it's it's a story a little bit like those fighting fantasy adventure games where if you do well in the, in the, in this case, quite easy. If you do well, you win the game of Dice Masters. You get some form of benefit. Uh, now I have a. a, a is that slightly on the fly and slightly thought about beforehand if i'm honest but the benefits that uh, chris has got so far from beating the pirates was to obtain a uh, magic item so one of the characters gets to lose one of their dice but gain a uh, dice for a random magic item which we agreed upon uh, and then that's added to the team so you've got chris has got his 10 cards plus uh, a ring yeah. Just a ring. <laughs> I was about to say ring of magnetism, ring. but that, that's that's not nope. right. Um, yeah. And then and then the next game again, you won. Uh, oh yeah, and as well as that, one character got experience. I was thinking about giving everyone starting with one experience, but when you're playing a monsters team against a full experience adventurer team, <laughs> it gets a bit. Yeah, silly, you don't you don't don't need that any more than that kind of token buff. And then you got a spell this time, didn't you? Because you beat Grab Stab. So you've got a, a one use spell that the Dwarf Wizard can take. Uh, well, not one use because it's, it wasn't too powerful what you chose. And so, again, you just add that action dice into your array and that card put on the side. So that can be added to your um, your bag and your, your rolls through. I've not really kind of had to think about doing anything detrimental to your team because you haven't lost yet. But also in these <laughs> uh, initial games, I think it's important not to, you know, to escalate the the kind of hardness of the the teams you're playing so as it goes on it will get harder and harder because that's how you know stories work Mm -hmm. yeah and and if individuals out there were kind of more organized and thorough than we were then you you could pre-configure all this couldn't you before you before you kick the campaign off oh yeah you could absolutely if you were organized and you know good at this kind of stuff you could have it all set and ready to go and have built the teams and have them on the side and and, and go from there and thought about the the benefits and non-benefits what's the word for non-benefit disadvantage um, disadvantage yeah detrimental effect Ooh, i like that um beforehand but it's quite fun to do it on the fly uh and drawback draw oh, perfect uh so the benefits or drawbacks depending on your uh your performance as an adventurer throughout the quest. But it seems to be working. I've been enjoying yeah, doing it. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I know we've we joked about it in the intro, but one of the one of our 
pieces of intent around this is that we are very much here at the Ministry of Dice to take the view that despite no new releases, despite no kind of high-level competitive events, you know, there's no WKOs, there's no national championships to be preparing for, it's still a super fun game and just with some small amount of effort. I mean, really casual effort. We don't, we're not high effort folks, me and Andy, you know <laughs> no. what I mean? You can still have really interesting and engaging games. And we, we've, you know, we've, we've made no secret of our love of uh, playing around with the formats. And I know there's many other play groups out there that like playing around with the formats, but we've, we've managed to fill f- three weeks worth of, uh, you know, a casual mate's, dining table play get together albeit online just by introducing this little idea you know uh, which expands on the sort of standard themey team you know because i think there's lots of folks out there who will have played adventurers versus monsters you know i think that's a thing that people will do yeah but just by spicing it up a little bit we've we've managed to extend that experience of, of playing those themey teams into weeks worth of play uh, and and it's been different and engaging and enjoyable gameplay experience every single week as well. It's not like it's got repetitive or boring. No, no, and, and yeah, so far so good. And you know, depending on how you know how it feels, will be how long it goes on for. And you know, when you can feel it coming to a close, then that's when it'll come to a close. Not that we're going to do flipping you know months on it. Yeah, and, and we've got all this cool stuff. Like, I'm just having a look at these cards now that I've got ready for tonight, and um, I ain't used half of these ever and um you've got awesome artwork awesome dice like these dice never been rolled and it just seems a waste not to roll them so uh it's good to use the you know the crap that you don't usually use because you want to compete yeah and that's a that's a, a really good point i mean possibly more so for you than me i mean i think my adventurers are some of them are a bit predictable really and you know i'm not going to deny that but so from your perspective, sort of building a new team of of monsters or certainly evil characters uh, for my my war band of adventurers to face, you have tapped into either combos that you wouldn't normally tap into. Uh, you know, I've certainly built my team knowing that I'm facing the likelihood of facing monsters is high. Yeah. So game texts about monsters or evil facing evil or the experience keyword uh, has been given new life for me and been more fun uh, and i know that you you'll have looked at the stuff that has an impact on good characters or what was that what was that one you were playing last week that was really annoying Ooh, i can't remember but it was there was something about good characters yeah was like talking up going how many of my guys are good all of them bar one are they really yeah yeah just tashlin yafira isn't good she's she a, a leaf neutral is that is that what a leaf is neutral i think so not woodland no, no. I suppose she doesn't look very woodlandy. She looks very nighty, doesn't she? She does. She does. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it gives you opportunity to play around with combos or card text that, in a normal, open constructed, even with a theme, you might not look at really. But sticking within the single IP and adding these extra bits of flavour means that, like you say, dice that have never been rolled, cards that are going dusty in binders, ramming a chance to come out and get some table time, you know? Absolutely. And um, I've just been mulling over an idea, like, and it's only half thought out, so excuse me if it doesn't make any sense, but there are, um, with the the Games Workshop games like Warhammer, Warhammer 40k, 
uh, you had uh, tournaments where people kind of just butted up against each other and fought it out. You also had like these campaign weekends where people would go away with their armies mm. and and fight a campaign, you know, either a goodie or a baddie. And I just kind of wondered if you could build something on that. I suppose you'd need to have a group of people, and then some choose. If you stay on D and D, for example, some kind of because who should, like allegiance? Like, there's not a lot that you need to do with your. Um, it's allegiance, isn't it? The little whole little circles you got. Yeah. Suddenly, but sounds right. It's a it's a rarely used thing, but I suppose you get you could get um, you know, people building good teams and and people building evil teams, and then maybe the the leaf being neutral. You know, you can have a spattering of those in as well. And if you add half and half, you could like have a there's a thought behind it. It needs a bit of building, but there's potential yeah. to do something quite cool. And, and not just in D and D, you know, one of the pieces of feedback that we had on one of the uh, videos we posted was from a friend of the podcast, Stuart, and he said, you know, you could really expand this idea. You could do more stuff with it, like Agents of Sealed versus Hydra or Justice League facing off against Darkseid. So there's there's opportunity to build upon the idea even more, and say, right, well, we've we've done D and D to death now. Why don't we do I don't know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe or something. That's, it's alignments, not allegiances. Apologies. Alignments, yes. But yes. I knew that, actually. Yes. Now, with, with that, the, the things that... I don't know if it's because my, my knowledge isn't too great, but there all seems to be kind of main characters. Yeah. I mean, there is... Uh, one of the challenges with that, because we have been putting some thought into it since uh, Stu's comment on the YouTube vid, and as you've mentioned... Uh, just a few minutes ago like the D sort of lends itself really well to right this is my war band of adventurers you know that i put together just the same way as a, a D group would roll up characters and build a war band uh, to go and face uh, an adventure you know the, the campaign style of you choosing monsters that come out the woodwork or that you'll encounter around the next dark corner like as you said before fits really well which is a bit more challenging when you like the comic book IPs campaign wise don't lend themselves so well because like the from a large scale story the villain remains the same throughout yeah so you'd have your um so the way I was thinking about because you'd have your almost like a super mario game you'd have your, your main baddie at the end but you'd have your end of level bosses which would be like the the different games uh but um what I need to sit down is work out because like I'll have a flick through like villains, the Marvel kind of sets. Uh, and I, I don't know how, how it would fit in thematically for having like, they all seem to be kind of main characters like, you know, carnage, destroyer, Dr. Doom, Dr. Octopus. And you'd kind of want like, say for a Spider-Man one, you might have a, uh, you know, first game against Rhino and some minions and it's just how you fill in the minions, but maybe you'd have kind of lesser known characters, maybe some more actions to kind of fill it in. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I was thinking of the Justice League versus Dark Side, which sort of thematically could could work. But you're right, the the cards maybe don't back it up in the superhero IP stuff because like traditional stories of the Justice League battling Dark Side is like Dark Side will make a move on Earth and they'll they'll have a fight on Earth. And you know they'll battle Steppenwolf 
or uh, Granny Goodness or uh, one of Dark Side's little. Um... Sorry, sorry, Granny Goodness. Yeah, Granny Goodness. She she trains the oh what they called Big Barda used to be a, a member before she turned good. Uh, it's like a little like an evil Charlie's Angels. Oh, okay. She steals she steals kids and trains them to be vicious, violent assassins, basically. And she's called Granny Goodness. Lovely. A really twisted orphanage. How nice. Yeah, and Desaad, and uh, you know he's got all these and Kalibak, and you know he's got. He's got this force, and he, he'll send one of them to Earth with some parademons to wreak some havoc through using a mother box. And then Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman and the guys would go, right, well, we're going to have to go to Apocalypse and defeat him and put, put an end to this. So you've got that sort of two-stage part of the story or three-stage part of the story. But we haven't got the cards. Necessarily. I mean, there's a parademon card. and Yeah, there's few. Well, no, there isn't. We haven't got a Steppenwolf or a... Do you know what I mean? Yeah, there's few kind of minima, min, minion, mini minions. Um, like you've got Cree soldier, Cree captain. You've got parademon. You've got Ultron drone. Mm, yeah, but, well, but, I suppose that could be one, couldn't it? But most could be characters. So it's it's work in progress. I mean, a, a few thoughts were you know you could have Dark Side and uh, parademons, but then just have like I don't know four Dark Side dice and sixteen <laughs> parademon dice. <laughs> You could maybe do the MCU, you know, start with um, like a, a Loki-centric thing, maybe, with the villains from Phase One, and then move into uh, an age, you know, an Ultron, Age of Ultron, ultimately driving towards Thanos and the Black Order, maybe. Yeah, yeah. So there, there is definitely stuff to mull over, and we will certainly be mulling that. Uh, over the next few weeks and see if we can put something together when our D&D campaign comes to an end. Well, yeah. in fact, for our next segment, shall we mull over an option now? What a good idea. Let's do that. Let's do that. All right, let's move on to our Team Brew segment and, and do that fun, exciting thing now. Fun, exciting things. Whoop, whoop. Okay, then. Well, welcome back. Let's do some theory crafting, some brewing. And I think let's let's take that MCU campaign idea a little further and talk about who the team of heroes which would be the equivalent to the D adventurer war band we could we could build something around yeah i, th- I think your um your heroes your, your mainstay your group that's going to go through the the storyline ain't too hard to put together you've got some you've got many many options when it comes to your captain america your iron man your hulk and your thor <laughs> <laughs> You've got loads of choices there to to kind of pick a good card, and 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 I'd, well, I'd be aiming towards those four. I think. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, the MCU would be the obvious choice because there's a kind of chronological adventure or number of adventures that take place there, and and I'd be inclined to break it down and say, right, well, let's do it by phase. You know, the MCU phases: phase one, phase two, phase th- whatever phase we're on now. We're on phase four now. I've lost count. Yeah, I've lost track, but um, certainly focusing on that sort of Iron Man through to Avengers Assemble would be something I'd, yeah. I'd look at to, to help you form the core, which gives you lots of options, not just for character choices, but for actually creating teams out of that would play, you know. Um, so if you started with Iron Man and select an Iron Man in the first instance, but then further to that, you could go for, you know, there's Pepper Potts cards. Um, that you could build around War Machine. Yeah, War Machine. Although, did he cut? Did he turn up as War Machine in Phase One? Where did Iron Man Two fall? 
Ooh. Maybe you're right. Yeah, I'm not, I don't know. Uh, Iron Man 2 was before Avengers, and then Iron Man 3 was after Avengers. Right. So, yeah, that would be. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Although he was... um, War Machine. um, Iron Patriot. Yeah, sure, but... Something like that. But, yeah. Take a bit of creative license. I think you could. Yeah. Then you'd you'd need a Thor. And the Mighty Thor set has got... You know, you've got a Fandral, a Volstag, a Lady Sith... You know they're all all in the mix there, so you could roll them into Warriors your card pool. Three. Yeah, you could roll them into your card pool. Then you've got Captain America, the first Avenger. So there's a Bucky Barnes. There's obviously loads of Captain Americas to choose from. Dum Dum Duggan, personal favourite. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, Peggy Carter. Well, there is. Yeah, you're right. Agent Carter. There is yeah. one. Yeah. So you've got lots of options there, and I do, and you'd have the Hulk. In the mix, for I suppose you'd count the Ed Norton version, wouldn't you? Yeah, that, I think that's canon, isn't it? Yeah, and if it was, it was I, t- I take it's up to an including Avengers assemble. Yeah, absolutely. So you throw Hawkeye in the mix, you'd, and all the Hawkeye cards. You'd throw Black Widow in the mix and include them, and then that that gives you a wider pool of villains to be building oh, yeah. a villainous team out of as well. Although mm. thinking about it, like uh, the Iron Monger from the first Iron Man film, there's no card for him, is there? No. Is there a Whiplash card? There's not a Whiplash card. Or... Uh, there's definitely a Loki from the Thor perspective. Yeah. Um... Although, was Loki the main villain of the first Thor film? I'm actually going a bit blank on what happened in the first... Oh, the destro- it was that Destroyer. The Destroyer, thing, which it? was yeah. powered by Loki. Yes. So, yeah. yeah. You definitely have Loki in there, I think, as the villain against it. And again, you've got quite a few choices, so that's quite good. Destroyer, yeah. Anyway, we'll 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 let's let's fix the um the heroes first, then we'll move to the villains. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, although you could also use Hawkeye as a villain as well because of Avengers. Hawkeye, um, yeah. Black Widow, she's in Iron Man two and Avengers. Nick Fury, yes. Maria There's Hill, f- Phil Coulson, the whole Shield thing. Yeah. So those three definitely kind of uh, fit in there. So yeah, build, building a hero team up for the first kind of tier uh, up to Avengers Assemble, the first phase is definitely doable. I think you'd want to try and angle it. I don't know. I, I'd feel that you'd want to angle it more to the, um, just because Avengers is one of my favourite films, to, to one of like, to that, that film, to have the, the four big hitters, your Iron Man, your Captain America, your Thor and your, your Hulk. But obviously each to their own. Yeah, well, you'd have a Black Widow as well. She was in the core team. And then you're putting Hawkeye on the table, but saying, "Well, maybe actually Hawkeye belongs on the on the villain team, or maybe both, or, or indeed, yeah." So yeah, lots of options there. I mean, there's certainly a wide selection of Iron Mans, Captain Americas, and Hulks and Black Widows to <laughs> build teams out of. Just those four characters alone yeah. have probably got one of the biggest card pools, <laughs> single card pool uh, carveaways. Uh, I mean, I, there's always been a few iron man actually has always been a little disappointing and i know you feel the same way too yes no i have um iron man one of the greatest characters of the mcu definitely i I expect uh you know something that you know is one of many people's favorites and there's never been that you know that green goliath that pxg that that heavy hitter that would sit very nicely on my mat as a competitive player but there you go. But there's some good ones and there's some there's some pretty decent ones that, you know, will be fun to, to, to play with. Yeah. 
I, I've definitely used the AVX ones quite a lot in my time. The I've forgotten the subtitles, but you've got the one that reduces the damage he takes. You've got the life gain one, and uh, there's one that doesn't take any damage from non-shield characters, mm. if I remember right. So, yeah, there's stuff going on there. I mean, Captain America and Hulk, there's lots of really obvious choices in that in that space, I would say. Yeah, and I wouldn't be averse to throwing in a vibranium shield or a Mjolnir. A Mjolnir, yeah. Yeah, that could definitely work. An Avengers ID card would be, you know, (laughs) would fit the theme. Absolutely, it would, although perhaps a bit OP. Perhaps a bit OP. As OP as experience. Uh, Now, one of the things we... (laughs) Indeed. One of the things we've been doing with the D&D campaign is I've been keeping the same team warband of characters, but the the sort of the, the movie roster on the good guys' side has changed as, so you know, as you move from game one based on f- phase one, as you move into phase two, you then start introducing additional characters in the in the kind of hero pool. So in the campaign construction, how would we mitigate that? That's a very good question. I suppose you could have a, a sub in and out of, you know, maybe kind of say kind of three or f- you can change up to three or four of your cards. Yeah, so just make it simple as say. You know, you could take these these out and these in. I mean, I'm not sure. Like, if I made a good team out of the Phase 1 characters, I, I, I'm not sure I'd find myself going, mm, do you know what? I really want... There's a vision here that I really, <laughs> I really want to add to the team. I don't think there's any decent visions. I could be wrong and let me know, of course. But, but yeah, it was just something... Because I've kept the same warband hmm. throughout the D&D version, whereas your, your roster of heroes has expanded as it's gone on. You know, certainly when you get into Phase 3, you've got your Ant-Man and Wasp on the scene, you've got uh, Black Panther in the mix you know i just what else has there been in fact i can't see my dvd shelf from here spider-man comes into play doesn't he at that point the winter soldier falcon you know the the scarlet witch who'd be a villain in phase two but would be a hero in phase three yeah quicksilver armin zola yes yeah that's he's he's a baddie though in uh, he most certainly is um, so yeah, your card pool expansion. You'd have to, in terms of the campaign feel of doing it, they'd have to. You'd have to set some parameters by which the team changes, or how you acknowledge the changing. Like Thor and Hulk, in theory, you could say, well, you know, they're off the, off the scene, or you can't use Guardians of the Galaxy Thor and Hulk because they're out in space doing spacey things. Yeah, yeah, that that would make sense, and then they'd all come together at the end. So yeah, I mean, maybe if restricting certain characters, so you could say like. After, so you, you, I suppose you'd do the next one would be kind of Age of Ultron up to, and then yeah. you'd lose Hulk. Yes. But then get him back again. The the very last game of the campaign, the the hero player would have you know thirty characters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like right, I'll buy a Captain America dice, I'll have a Thor dice, an Iron Man dice, a Hawkman dice, a Rocket Raccoon dice, a Groose dice. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Doctor Strange. Uh, da, da, da. No, well, what you would do that would be that you would start off with a Cap, a Thor, and an Iron Man, and they, and only have three cards on your your table, and then each turn you you then get another card. So you start off with just the three, and then maybe after four turns or something, then then you would get who turns up first on your left. Falcon. Falcon would turn up, and then the yeah. next turn. Black Panther would turn up, and then the next turn, Doctor Strange would turn up, and then just have it so that you'd start off with only three characters, and then by the end of the game, you'd have well, 30, they, depending they had, on how uh, long it went for. Ant-Man, Hawkeye, Black Widow, 
yeah. Rocket, Captain Marvel, they were all on the... Oh, well, Captain Marvel turned up later on in the in terms of the fight, but they, they hadn't been blipped out, had they? No, but they're all stuck, aren't they? They're, they're stuck under um, rubble. Like Hulk, Ant-Man and Rocket, they're all stuck under rubble yeah, for a true. while. So at the beginning, it's that's just those three of them against Thanos. So the villain would have one card? <laughs> no, well, the villain would have a whole set because the villain count of cards well, have... is, is really poor, so we'd have to try and supplement the fact that there's like, you could barely build a team out of the cards we've got. Already. Yeah, yeah. They'd have Black, uh, Black um, Dwarf and uh, Corvus Glaive and Proxima Midnight and whatnot, wouldn't they? Yeah. Yeah. And that still probably wouldn't make a full team. No, you'd have to perhaps proxy in like your little evil dog things. And your Chitari, wouldn't you somehow? Yeah, by D. There's, there's a dog in D and D, isn't it? Like a fiend dog or something. Hound. Yeah, you got the uh, blink dog. Is it called or something? I can't remember. I think you're right. There's a hound as well. So you may to get it to work. I mean, I'm go- going back to like the phase one with Loki. I mean, unless you were to kind of compile it, or but again, it's the story, isn't it? Like you could compile Loki. You could have Red Skull. Yeah. What other baddies are there actually from there? Um, from phase one. You could have Winter Soldier, I suppose, because he's kind of a baddie until the end. You could have He's, he's more of a phase two guy, though, isn't he? What, Winter Soldier? Yeah. Yeah, he is, isn't he? I'm just trying to scrape. I suppose what we're saying is WizKids needs to make some generic Marvel DC <laughs> baddies. Yeah. Min- minion types. Yeah. yeah. Like age, yeah, absolutely. Because you had a few, didn't you? We had like a uh, shield agent and sword agent. Yes, you've yeah. got Bob agent of Hydra, who's basically a scrub. But you need like a few more, like generic, generic people. To, you know, a Jatari, a Jatari captain, a Jatari biker. And I suppose the the, <laughs> the trade off for that is you'd get a story out of it, but then the cards would be a bit more boring. Well, yeah, I mean, they've done it with the Cree, haven't they, though? You've got Cree soldier and Cree captain and stuff. And the, um, the the thingy Bob, what's it? The Supreme Intelligence. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that just circles us back round to say, well, D&D was the right choice, as you said earlier. It, it really does lend itself well to this type of playing. Yeah. Yeah. Or you kind of supplement in and use a bit of imagination. Like you could supplement in a, a D&D orc or half orc or something to pretend it's a jatari yeah and just try and be a little bit creative on that side i think you'd have to be but i think i don't think it would be detriment to it at all no and certainly in terms of card pool and you know a a a format whereby you're saying we are playing this format over a four-week period it just it feels like it just needs a lot more kind of forethought comparably to the D &D. yeah yeah. Quite a lot of forethought. Whereas you can, like, you can literally make it up as you go along with the D and D one. Well, yeah, I mean, because it's because it because the what you're trying to replicate in terms of that sort of, you know, dungeon master running a campaign for a group of players is is, e- is easier to replicate in the D and D than say replicating a runner movies or a comic book storyline, uh, unless you become more flexible. So we've what we've done is we've talked ourselves round into a circle. <laughs> I still think it could. I still think that the 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 Marvel one could be done. It just might need it need a lot more planning and a lot more working out kind of what represents what. Like if you think about 
the phase one, you got Loki. You could probably scrape Loki, Red Skull, Hawkeye at a push because he was a baddie for a little bit. Then you start to really run quite dry. There's no Whiplash. There's no. Is there a Dark Elf? There might be a Dark Elf one from one of the Thor sets. Yeah, Malekith. Malekith. Okay, so we're up to four. The Destroyer. Destroyer five. Proper starting to scrape now. There's no Jataris. Yeah, there's not not Abomination. What's that? I no, that's... You use Red Hulk for that. But yeah, you could, couldn't you? Or mix to fix it. Yeah. But then you're, yeah. You get, and you're already proxying for different people then. Um, yeah. Whereby the D&D hasn't required us to proxy anything, has it really? No. You could have Frost Giants and use the D&D Frost Giant as the Frost Giants um, in Thor. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Uh, a, a bit of forethought and you could you get there, but... Um, I think it'd be worth having a go. I would love, absolutely love, to hear what you listeners think. And if you could put together any kind of Marvel Cinematic Universe teams, either the the heroes to go against uh, different teams of villains, or uh, prove us wrong and put together some Marvel thematic villain teams to go against the uh, Avengers from the different yep. phases of the movies. I was about to say to be clear, it's that campaign idea really behind it. Yeah. And, and what might your what might your changes game to game or your benefits and drawbacks be that we've been using on the D and D side? Yeah. You know where to find us. Drop it in the comments below the Facebook post. Come and find us over at BritRoller6.com. Uh hop on over to our Discord server and have a chat with us about it there. But yeah, I'd be interested in developing this idea a little bit. Maybe we could put some forethought into it. And who knows? Who knows? When we get back to meeting each other face to face, maybe we could put together a, a Marvel-themed campaign as opposed to a normal face-to-face tournament. Yeah, who knows? Who Absolutely. Knows? Let us know, folks. All right, well, in, in the interest of time, I'll wrap us up there uh, and move us into the outro. But look forward to hearing from y'all. Well, there we are then, folks. As all things must, this episode of the Ministry of Dice has come to an end. We hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed recording. And we did. And we did. Uh, We'll just wrap up by putting a few things on your radar. So uh, the first thing is we're getting close. uh, Regular listeners will be familiar with this. Uh, We're getting close to our fundraising time. So once, once a year when our stuff like our hosting fees start to come due and those invoices need paying we, we run a, a little fundraising campaign so keep your eyes peeled and your ears open for updates on that but just warming the waters now because we're going to be blagging cash out of you you know so start yeah. saving it'll be worth it though <laughs> indeed it will indeed it will just help us keep the lights on in the Brit Roller 6 Stroke Ministry of Dice operation, uh, which also reminds me, just keep your eyes open. I'll put more information about this out soon. Uh, there might be some changes on the website side. BritRoller6.com is going to have a small but meaningful change that will wow. have pinned down soon enough. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I'm nervous about it. Incidentally, on that front, if there's anyone out there, I, I made a Facebook post about this the other day. If there's anyone out there who knows a little bit or is willing to donate a bit of time to help me out with things like server migrations and host migrations and knows a bit about that and ways to do it so that you don't end up losing 
things like Google rankings and what have you, then please do get in touch. I'd really love to talk to you and get some help on that front. I can help you out with that. Can you? No. I didn't think so. You certainly didn't <laughs> respond knowledgeably to any of the instant messages I sent on the subject. No idea. I know about and... duck migrations. Right, okay. Well, when I need to know about that, I'll come straight to you. You you, you make sure you do. I mo- no doubt, no doubt. Flying V. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we want to we want to make some changes on the website, and I'm working on it right now. But uh, some of the f- final elements have got me a bit nervous that I'm going to end up destroying five years worth of work, <laughs> 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 which I'm nervous about. Um, otherwise, be sure to come and join us over on our Twitch channel, twitch.tv forward slash mod extra, to come and see the live gameplay that we talked about today or if you're unable to join us live you can catch up with those on our youtube channel that's youtube.com forward slash the ministry of dice follow us on facebook join our discord you know all that other good stuff i don't i think blah 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 yeah absolutely and um i'd keep an eye on the website folks if there might be some information or news coming soon Ooh, there's got to be some news soon though surely it's like a barren desert of no dice masters news. There's there's stuff going on. It's just not it's just not out there. I don't think. Well, I, I, it's not that I don't think. I know it's not out there. Give me my Doc Phoenix stuff. <laughs> and on that note, we'll say goodbye. I've been Chris, aka True Mister Six, and I've been Andy, aka Quack Quack. <laughs> we'll see you in two weeks, folks. Bye bye bye. <laughs> Blah 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 blah. Yeah, I'm good. I'm back. Well, I'll, I'll cut. I'll cut a chunk of that out anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>